Hey folks, welcome back to DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. We are talking about the comics coming out on the sixth of September, twenty twenty-two, starting with Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number four, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Daniel Sampier. Vincey, take it away. Ah, oh, boy. Um, this is tough because. It's doing some things that I want it to do, and we'll get into the details uh, as we talk about this, but it's also doing so much to just either spin its wheels or not really show us how it's different from something like Death Metal was. Um, The last page sure is a trip, and that, that definitely is potentially a new status quo. We'll get to that. But I can't get over how, like, so much of this is explaining to you that the multiverse is unstable. And outside, bad actors are manipulating it in its instability. And I... I just can't and, and explaining what the <clears throat> omniverse is and why oh and actually the omniverse is false. It it's just a another event where DC is saying, well, after we're done with this, that's going to be the real continuity. <laughs> you know, I, I just what am I what am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to feel? Like this next time, it's going to be for real. <laughs> am i wrong to feel that way like that like no is is it was the omniverse at john's creation the omniverse was is that the title from doomsday clock the no that was metaverse okay that was the metaverse the the omniverse i believe was first used in death metal or at least a snyder thing okay so it was okay i um i wasn't sure if this was like to me this like red like creator sniping but if if it was a snyder williamson thing then then that wouldn't be it but that also makes it make less sense that they would be walking back the omniverse thing now well here's the thing i i don't think it's sniping at well obviously because williamson and snyder are tight and they worked on that together to a degree i don't think it's sniping i think it's attempting remember when remember when uh doomsday clock 12 happened and they talked about the metaverse and they talked about how the 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 photo you know the different copies of that photo that were showing up all over earth yes right uh and the button um uh and how the how the metaverse was supposed to be uh, one thing where every little event uh sparks off like the roots of a tree or something into its own reality right when we talk about and then and then we 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 uh we thought it was so funny that death metal which because of delays was not really that far away from the ending of doomsday clock right um at least not far enough away for this not to be hilarious almost completely undid that by saying the omniverse is just everything exists 
at any given time. Every everything matters. Nothing is thrown away, and we don't got to explain shit. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to that more in a in a, well, in a few minutes. We talk about a different book. Yeah. So then, what I was going to say was, this doesn't read as creator sniping at the idea of the omniverse. It reads as, especially if you read uh, the first three pages of uh, Flashpoint Beyond, it reads as tr- somebody out there trying to get both of these ideas to work. Mm-hmm. Both the omniverse and the metaverse I, are and hypertime <laughs> and hyper. Well, and hypertime is the way to differentiate that. We'll talk. Right. I mean, Jesus Christ, the first three pages of well sort of but not even really because like the omniverse and the metaverse are like in the new dc cosmology are like part of the same thing but hypertime is its own other thing yes but i think i think if i remember correctly death metal suggested that hypertime w- yes hypertime yes. time and space are now separate yeah. Thanks to John's. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I think before this, before this event where they're where they're saying the omniverse, the idea of the omniverse is false. I think before this, we were meant to think that the omniverse just was synonymous with hypertime, basically. Sure. I could be wrong, but that's the way that I understand it. And I mean, my God, these are almost not even comic books anymore. These are like TED Talks or something. <laughs> um, because when we get to the John Cord Talks, Cord Talks, that's Cord right. Talks, please, yes. When we get to the John's book, it's it's basically a PowerPoint presentation on how the DCU works now. Which again, I feel like we've done. Yeah. Um, just tell me a story. I mean, you know, like we love we love this stuff. We love the idea of this stuff that you know. This massive web of continuity, but at some point you actually have to buckle down and like say what counts and stick with it. And I felt like we already did that. I felt like death metal accomplished that, you know. Um, But I guess I don't know. I guess there's more work to be done or I guess somebody thinks that that garbage needs sorting still. I don't know. Um, yeah, man, I we do need to talk about this book, but I almost want to just jump to Flashpoint because Flashpoint not only does it expound upon stuff that is in this better than say. or more thoroughly than this does, it also like just completely like supplants this book. It's like, <laughs> oh, Dark Crisis, y'all reading that book? It's over. <laughs> you yeah, know it, how it ends. <laughs> it totally spoils the ending. Which I mean, come on. Like, we all look. We all. Well, of course, we all, know, there, we all know. But yeah. it's just very funny the way. But it, it's it. it's even like it almost really makes it seem like this book has no stakes anymore. Right. If it, if if it even ever had any. Like I'm sure that there will be like status quo, uh, you know, like ramifications for certain characters, like particularly probably Deathstroke. Boy. Uh, huh. Roy probably. R- Roy probably. Yeah, yeah. Dick maybe. Some of the younger characters, but uh, 
it's not going to amount to much else. It doesn't seem like. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and once again, I am fascinated and would love to know the behind the scenes because, well, what did I, what did I say at the start of this? For cert, for a certain reason, I do not think <laughs> Flashpoint Beyond and Dark Crisis are going to play well together. Is what I said. I think I think I I seem to recall you guys. I I was thinking that Flashpoint Beyond would be very important to Dark Crisis, and and, and I said no a, for sure. Well, in a way, you were right. In a way, in we way were we, both right. In yeah, a way, we, we were all right. Nobody was really wrong about this. Yeah, because it is it is very important, but it's important in that, like you said, it almost attempts to completely supplant it and say, uh, uh, oh, you thought it was this way? No, it's actually this way. <laughs> it does yeah. feel like people having a pissing match. It does, yeah. And it feels like, it's so it weird. feels like one guy still has more pull than he should yeah <laughs> yeah it, it does seem like one guy has been trying to hold on to the toys for a very long time and it's affecting other be other people's ability to play with them yeah i, I wonder who we're talking about here yeah um Let's talk a little I, bit more about uh, the dark crisis though yeah i do i feel really bad for williamson here i feel i feel like he is getting pretty short shrift all th all things considered um so I, I there's one part of this i want to talk about in particular and i know that you guys are not going to be surprised by this but i thought the alan scott dick grayson moments were really nice in this issue yeah they were yeah they were good i mm -hmm. i think it, it, it's nice to see i feel like alan is somebody who represents you know the way way old school and Dick is not that much removed. Like, Dick's been around almost as long as Alan Scott's been around, right? But you never think of them as being people who have communicated in, in many ways. And I thought the, the moment between them was a really nice one. And I thought that I like how important Williamson is making Dick through all of this. I think it's, you know, it's using the character very well. I like that quite a bit. Um and those moments were nice. I also think one of the craziest parts about this book for me is that I did not expect at all for this book to basically be like the what feels like the culmination of the last 10 years of DC storytelling. But there are so many things in this book. We talked about this before, how I feel like this book has referenced a lot of old crises, but specifically this issue feels like it's tying up loose ends from new 52 stuff and also from metal stuff and also from the no justice stuff like it just seems like there's a whole lot being tied in here and i wonder if this is being seen as as the end of a certain era or if it's just there aren't enough new ideas to go around and so you kind of have to keep pulling from the old stuff see I can I can I I can see why you think that but for me that point was actually death metal and now we're now this feels like an addendum to that to me well, I, I feel okay. like death metal was the end of everything since flashpoint basically 
but 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 death metal didn't really incorporate too much stuff that wasn't snyder stuff uh i don't i feel like it did i i feel like it felt as much like a crisis sequel as this does oh i i disagree with that and not just because of the like Obviously, they it made... had all the monitor stuff and everything, and it, but it got it, it got like pretty heavy into like multi multiversal mythology. Sure, but but that's not the same as wrapping up the last ten years. That's I, wrapping... I think it, but I think it's still. I I I don't really feel like that is. I I don't feel like there's any more of that in this book than was in Death Metal. Like like what what's what is in this book that you're kind of. Well, okay, so death metal, both metal and death metal kind of make up this little, like, yes, they're crises, but they're also kind of their own thing, right? And I feel like that story was totally wrapped up I, I in death metal. Yeah, I, I think, I guess really quick to put a cap on why I think death metal was the end is because it resolved all of the Dr. Manhattan stuff which was in turn the resolution of all the Flashpoint stuff. No, Doomsday Clock wrapped up Dr. Manhattan. No, 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 no. Death Metal did because it resolved all of the stuff with, like, the the De- Death Metal was a sequel to Doomsday Clock. What are you talking about? All the Dr. Manhattan stuff. Like, Dr. Manhattan after Death Metal, like, the energy goes to... Uh, Wally, he gets death metal. He gets Doctor Manhattanified, and then that gets uh, you know. I you would get not the, call the Doctor Manhattan who laughs, and then that that <laughs> resolves all of that stuff. I would not say that's a sequel. It's a follow up. Oh, I think that's I think that's a stretch. Vince, you gotta you gotta chime in here a little bit, buddy. What what's the argument? I don't I don't I don't think it's a sequel, but it is where the Zach's right that it's where the plot points. Yeah, I, obviously comics continu- are a continuum, right? Well, that's but what I, we're I, saying. I, I I felt like that was the end of that. The I felt like Death Metal put the cap on the New Fifty Two era, and I thought I thought Infinite Frontier was going to be something new, but this feels this does technically. I think you are right, Brian. I think it's just dragging the the corpse of some of those plot threads along. Yes, sure. Yes, I, I just I just don't know. I wasn't expecting that that feel for this. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. Um, and uh, I don't even remember what my point was initially. I actually, I actually, well, I don't even know that it's. I feel like this feels pretty wholly separated from from a lot of the new fifty two stuff. If anything, this feels like the continuation of the story pre-Flashpoint. I, I, I think it's sort of a little bit of all of that. Like I said, to me, this just this very much feels like DC drawing a line in the sand and saying everything before this is one thing and everything on the other side of this is going to be something different. Maybe, maybe you're right. I just, I just also thought Death Metal was that too. Sure. Sure. It, yeah, it, it was that also. Yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't call it a sequel to, to Doomsday Clock, but it is, but that's academic. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I think th- I think those I think these are three events that are all attempting to in part <laughs> do a do a thing do the same thing. And that's really interesting <laughs> point. I, I, I like that, Vince, because I feel like the three writers that have done these three stories are all so different that even these stories seem like they should maybe be all complimentary, but they don't really feel that way. Like Snyder's stuff is all bombast and John's stuff is all like secret histories and, uh, you know, mysteries being solved. And then Williamson's stuff to me feels the most, I guess, like classic event superhero stuff. Yeah, these three, these three events couldn't feel any more different, in some ways. Yeah, I uh, I still feel like this book is kind of spinning its wheels a little bit. I, I I'm interested to see what the last three issues do. Vince, talk about this book a little bit. Um, well, you already mentioned some of the stuff I liked, like the Alan Scott Dick stuff. The bit where Swamp Thing um, talks about his crisis era interaction with the Great Darkness was nice because there was the little Steve Bissett tribute panel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that's a case where it's it's going back to something that is little talked about in the in the in the history of crisis narratives, but nonetheless was a important part of that era. And uh, it's nice to get a little nod there. Um, what else? Yeah, the, the I mean, the, the Barry and Hal stuff was fun. The Brave and the Bold reference. I love little bits like that. Um, I still think it's pretty mind-boggling that the fine Barry plotline happened between in a, in a crossover between panels of this, of yeah. the main, like, ongoing thing yep but you know what i i like when they do that i legitimately like like that's the thing we talk about in events where um we love we love when like years later you you go back to an event and you have to kind of remember the stuff that was going on around the event Mm -hmm. um we always reference the superman's uh outfit in um in what morrison's jla or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but and that's very superficial and this is more plot driven uh, sure but it's it's fun it's fun when like years from now we're gonna think back on it or we won't but you know what i mean i I, yeah (laughs) i think it's i think it's especially funny for two reasons though one because like williamson was the the Barry Shepherd for so long, and this was kind of his plot thread. And then he he kind of didn't even it, it kind of got waved away by someone else. And also, this was the thing that you were so fixated on for so long mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in the Williamson meta arc. Oh yeah, yeah. And it just was like, all right, we're done with that now. Yeah, <laughs> Every, everything's better. Everything's fixed. It's just funny to me. Comics oh, yeah. are funny. They're they're hilarious, honestly. Um, it's like it's like Goku said. What what do comedians read? Comic books. <laughs> and uh, and and I don't know. That's 
that's all I really enjoyed from this one. I think I'm just, well, and then there's the last page where for seemingly no re like, was there anything that triggered that other than just the, in the generic instability of the multiverse? Um, yeah. was there were, into? there were a couple things. There was, there was, he specifically mentioned like some things that made it happen. It was like, um, it was Barry bringing Hal like through the worlds. It was speeding it up. And then maybe, maybe that was the thing. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It also seemed like there was this sense that the great darkness is like, it sort of is is neither hero nor villain it just is and that the great darkness has been corrupted somehow hmm. and that has led to the instability of the multiverse as well yeah. yeah sure why not whatever but that's like a wild theory to me we we have to have the hand in creation again but like the, it's just funny to me because on the surface we're fighting deathstroke who was controlled by the great darkness, who is now controlled by somebody else. It's just a nesting doll of, uh, of evil. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's a, it's a, it, it's, it's a MacGuffin and it just happens to be like the main point of the whole. But anyway, we know that infinite earths are reborn out of this. So, and, um, Spoiler alert, I guess, uh, from Flashpoint Beyond, but that's the that's the post uh, Dark Crisis status quo. So, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. What's even crazier about that, by the way, is that if you recall, <laughs> Flashpoint Beyond was supposed to be a weekly series, and so this would have been spoiled like in month one. I wonder if maybe that's why it got pushed back, but it still spoils it. Uh, yeah, I know, but maybe it got pushed back even further so as to not spoil it so quickly. <laughs> I don't know. It's so crazy. It is. It is weird. Um, yeah, that book's going to end before Dark Crisis ends. So, yeah. And isn't even isn't the JSA book coming out in November? It is. Yes. And the Golden Age one shot, one shot. Yes. So that's all going to come out before Dark Crisis is over. Is all also. Yes. I do want to talk about that um, new Golden Age thing after we talk about Flashpoint Beyond. So let's talk about Flashpoint now. Uh, Flashpoint Beyond number five, written by Jeff Johns, Tim Sheridan, Jeremy Adams, illustrated by Zermanico, Michael Janine. So, the as Vince alluded to, the first three pages of this are wild. It's just. The Justice League is back. The Dark Crisis is over. Mr. Terrific's on a TV show where he's basically arguing with a uh, with somebody who is like a I don't know if we call her a conspiracy theorist about crises or whatever. Just like a, well, just she's a, a she's a time she's a time right person, a time lord or whatever. Yeah, Not a t yeah, whatever whatever Rip Hunter is, time master, time master. Yeah, uh, but but her like whole point here is just to basically contradict everything that Mr. Terrific says on this on this uh talk show. 
But they get into some real specifics here, which is that uh, time and space are separated, and that time is hyper time. That's what that's what like sort of controls all of time, and the omniverse controls all of space. And within that, there is the multiverse, the dark multiverse, the sphere of the gods, and the metaverse. And that's all sort of under one thing. And so we have to figure out how like time and space work together here. We get another uh, chalkboard thing here, which uh, we love it. We do love we it. The love war, it. the war of the legions, sounds right up Zach's alley. That is going um, to be it, a future book. That's a that's be. a future Mark Wade. Yes, it is. It, well, it, it might it might be a future book. It, it it won't be up my alley. Guarantee it. I'll be grumpy. <laughs> um, I would say actually, I think Mark Wade. There is there's a hint in the new solicits. That Mark Wade is taking over action at ten fifty. Oh, uh, oh because my. that oh that, my that Kal-El returns book you uh-huh. got Zach back in yeah comes out in November and it specifically says that this is like the lead up to ten fifty. And Mark Wade is one of the writers on it. Am I gonna you know like what? all this stuff? Am I gonna like the Jeff Johns? Justice you Society are, and I think I'm Wade back. action. I, I, think, I think I might like the Jeff Johns Society, but that, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, this is return with a V for us. <laughs> I don't want it, though. I just want it to stop. <laughs> just let it stop. So, so Brian, before you before we get off the Wade thing, yeah, <clears throat> I, I do think I do think uh, the War of the Legions is going to be at least an event or an arc in something because they specifically mention Earth 247 on the chalkboard. Uh-huh. And Earth 247 was the post zero hour third incarnation of the Legion of Superheroes. The three boot, correct? No, yes. the three boot was something different. Oh, okay. oh well, if it, really? The three boot is not the post zero hour. I thought it was okay. Now the three boot was the 2004 or 2000 early oh, 2000s Mark Wade reboot out of infinite crisis. Uh, bef- yeah, this maybe, is the po- maybe, maybe this is the post zero hour. Hang on, hang on. 247 is probably the post zero hour one, but that is different than the three boot. Wait a second. No, because at the time of zero hour, there was no multiverse. It doesn't matter. It just is. Trust hang me. Hang on, hang on. Post-Zero Hour is the possible future in which the second incarnation of the Legion of Superheroes takes place. When the original Legion was wiped out during Zero Hour, the 30th century was completely rebooted. The possible future lasted for 10 years until it was destroyed by time rifts created by the Persuader's atomic axe, breaching multiple realities. This led way to a third incarnation of the Legion. Uh... The post-zero hour future appeared as alternate Earth 247. Yeah. Post-zero hour is Earth 247. The three boot, though, is the Mark Wade Barry Kitson reboot. Okay, but... All right, but this is saying that Mark Wade created... He did both. Oh, he did. Okay. Okay. That's when I was was confused. Okay, yeah, same. Yeah, he did both. Okay. Well, anyway, that's why I think that that's going to be a real thing, and that Wade <clears throat> is going to be involved in in that in some way, maybe even through the Superman book that he might be writing. And again, there there's not like 
huge hints to that. I I was just putting I was just reading the tea leaves there a little bit. Yeah, it could still be John's though because he used that Earth two forty seven Legion and and Legion of Three Worlds too. The three boot Earth. I don't know if it had an Earth designation because, like you mm. said, like they weren't. I don't remember. I don't know why. You are right. It was post crisis. I don't know why that Earth that that Legion had its own Earth. It's very weird. Legion is dumb. I'm going to read it all. <laughs> He's back, folks. He's back. He was considering killing himself earlier today. Just when today, I thought I was out. Yeah. They pulled me back in. And now he's back. No. Yes, you are. Shut up. No, I don't want to be. I'll be back if I only have to read... I'll, I'll make a list of five books that I can that I have to read, and those are the only ones I have to read. Yeah, okay. Okay. You just sit here quietly on the podcast then the rest of the time that yeah. Brian and I talk. I have no problem with that. Yeah, okay, let's do it. We'll talk about it. We'll see what happens in the golden age. <laughs> the golden age of the DC3 cast is coming. No. <laughs> so anyway, um, Vince, you talk about these first three pages sort of in total. Is there anything like... Aside from just the astounding amount of stuff that is dropped here, is any of the stuff outside of those first three pages interesting at all? Well, I don't know, because I told you I was only reading the first three, and I stuck to my word. That's all I did. Zach, was there anything outside of the first three that was interesting at all? No. I agree. Yeah, was... see, that's why I didn't read it. Oh, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. Oh, You're no, right. it's just a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of... Martha Wayne being the Joker. That that's it. Oh yeah. yeah, which is the last thing I would ever want to see. I think she's she's the clockwork killer. She she's killing time travelers. Is that right? Yeah. Basically, for the same reason to. She she wants to create a world. She's doing the same. She wants the same thing as Thomas. She's. Just, she wants to go back in time, make sure that she and Thomas are the ones killed, not Bruce in the alley. She yeah. basically wants to create the prime Earth through time By a different things. way. Yeah. 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 Come on. You know that's going to spin off as a, one of the infinite Earths, and we're still not going to be free of it. Oh, there is a big thing in this. Go on. Rachel Ghoul is alive again. Yes, he's alive and well and living in Gotham City or whatever. Wow. Never I never would have expected that happening. Yeah, right. Either. Uh yeah. Um no, I only read the first three pages because I it was obvious that that stuff was going to be your info dump about the way that the everything works now. And um it didn't disappoint in that it's exactly what it did, but it did disappoint in that um, it was the driest <laughs> way to continue to deliver this information uh, that you would ever want. It, it is interesting how John's kind of divides all the crises now into like crises of space or crises of time. Mm-hmm. Looking yep. here, trying to decide which which is which has the better lineup. 
I guess the, the final read crisis him. falls under this the space crises. So read them out loud for our listeners who aren't reading along. What are, what are the uh, yeah yeah? So for? under space we've got I guess basically like crisis on infinite Earth, infinite crisis, final crisis, both metals, uh, and then dark crisis. And then the the crises of time would be like zero hour, um, um, I guess Magog is in this, so I guess that would be like the kingdom, kingdom maybe. Yeah. yeah, kingdom come, yeah. kingdom come. They, they, I mean, they say crisis level scale, so they don't literally. Yeah, call they're them. they're getting me there with that. Uh, Flashpoint <laughs> convergence, and then Doomsday Clock would be, the, I guess, the ones that fall under that. I mean, you know, I love some zero hour, but the the, the space ones obviously win. You know, I love convergence and kingdom come <laughs> or the kingdom though. I it's just do those together rival final crisis probably not, but oh, it's close. I don't know. Yeah, I'm becoming increasingly kingdom pilled as time goes on. <laughs> Anything with kingdom in the title, you're yes, kingdom hard, yeah, yeah, kingdom. kingdom yeah. Uh... it's very funny because uh, you, you know. Vince, you were talking about how like there's there's no story at this point. It's all this kind of like meta level lore justification, and, and I I am less interested in this in DC than I've ever been. But if like Nomura would sit down and do this level of like info dump <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts, I would be just like foaming at the mouth, just like rolling on the floor like my eyes rolling back in my head as my you know third eye opens and i just <laughs> transcend into the singularity it would be nirvana <laughs> you are such a sicko <laughs> god is that surprising god. to anyone honestly we need it more than ever after that dark road finale it's just like <sighs> what what's going on i need him to do this i need the next kingdom hearts game to open up just with this Anyway, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Jeff Johns' upcoming books at DC and his times all together, so stay tuned. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. So in the solicits that were just released, we have uh, three different Jeff Johns titles coming out in November. Uh, the first one is uh, well, we're gonna go in sort of reverse order in terms of what I think is maybe discussion worthy. So the first one is a six issue miniseries called Star Girl: Lost Children by Jeff Johns and Todd Nock, and um, it's basically I think I think this is how Vince put it, uh, PizzaGate in the in uh, the DC <laughs> universe. How a bunch of yep. teenage golden age heroes are disappearing. I know I knows why. Then there's the ongoing JSA series by Johns and Michael Janine, which is like a great artistic fit for it. Uh, this is very much about the Time Masters, though, still. And there's uh, 
there's like a lot of time travel shenanigans in this. And then there is a one shot called The New Golden Age by Johns with art by Steve Lieber, Jerry Ordway, and Diego Orlatega. Orlategui. And um, I'm just going to read the solicit text verbatim here. From the Justice Society of America to the Legion of Superheroes, the New Golden Age will unlock DC's epic and secret hidden his- history, secret written history of heroism, launching a new group of titles set firmly in the DC universe. From the 1940s to the 3040s, heroes take on the great evils of their time. But in the aftermath of Flashpoint Beyond, those heroes and villains will have their lives turned upside down. DC's future and its past will never be the same again. But how are Mime <laughs> and Marionette connected to this? Hell yeah. Why are Rip Hunter and the Time Masters the most unlikable heroes in the DC universe? And who or what is nostalgia? Don't miss the start of the strangest mystery that ever played the DC universe. Yeah, this is this is actually very based. I'm I'm gonna get in on this probably. <laughs> so there is some stuff in this that is that I, I think we can all agree could be very legal and very cool. My my and Marionette, you mean? No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but let's just unpack this, okay? So we, we, we have um we have the JSA book that was announced. <clears throat> but it appears there's a new Legion book coming. And it appears that there will be some stuff about sort of the time, uh, you know, time travel shenanigans in the past and all of that mixed into this. And it's just, it, it's a lot. There's a lot in this solicit. And it sort of seems like Johns is getting his position back in the DC universe or at least in the DC offices. But I wonder wonder how siloed this is going to be. Like, is this going to be, is this essentially uh, the killing zone that didn't (laughs) wind up as that image book? Like, uh, I just don't know. Brian, did you see this 90s variant for the JSA book? Of course I did. You did? Yeah, of course. It's got your boy. I know. Um, so, so what do you guys nutty. think about this? I mean, I'm... Uh, you know I'm here for more Mime and Marionette. Why? I love them. Unironically. It's You're not a bit. Soul. It's not a bit. I promise. Uh, uh, um, I mean, this... This does. This sounds really cool. I've just been burned too many times. I'm in an abusive relationship with you guys and DC Comics. Don't put oh, it with me. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's us. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, maybe this time they'll really change. Nah, people can change. People can change. Let them hold the baby. <laughs> You know, Jeff Johns used to be. Uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really late, everybody. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is show of the night. Slick uh, back here, white Ferrari, Knights of Trefani's with EVS. Sloppy steaks. Uh, I want this doll to be really good. It sounds very this this 
this sounds like the kind of thing that I should like. Opening up with the one shot, new JSA book, art teams are good, Legion teases. I just. John's hasn't written a book I've liked, really liked, since. Doomsday Clock, because you fucking love Mime and Marionette. <laughs> I do like Mime and Marionette. I did like issues of Doomsday Clock. I, I, I think the the back half of that book was actually pretty good. In my mind, I think actually specifically from like issue seven on, I liked that book. But he hasn't written an ongoing that I've liked since. Really liked since Green Lantern. So. Uh, pre-Flashpoint Green Lantern? Uh, I mean, I mostly liked post-Flashpoint Green Lantern. It was fine. It wasn't as good as pre, but I, I, I will I will say I liked it. I won't say that I liked Justice League. Okay. Vince, what do you think of all this? Uh, I mean, you, you know how I feel about John's like in a way I I mean for the most part I I kind of wished and thought his time at DC would come to an end because I think um like Zach alluded to earlier he he's hanging on to a lot of these toys we know for a fact there's things that were in the works at DC that didn't get off the ground or didn't happen the way they were supposed to because certain books were waiting on him to be ready for them. Right. And that's not really how it should be. And I think it's stymied the potential for some good creative stuff at DC. On the other hand, and I'm, this is like a very small percentage of how I feel about this. The one thing I will say is that DC doesn't seem to let other creators take certain swings or do certain things, but they do let Johns. And I don't think that should be the case, but as long as it is, um, if he pops up every once in a while and writes like a little one-off where he pulls out the chalkboard and teases a bunch of stuff that could happen in the future, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, provided he's not an even worse human being than we've already <laughs> been led to believe. So I, I don't I, know. I'm not, I'm here's what I'll say. You go to Jeff Johns for a certain thing, and apparently nobody else in comics really does that thing. <laughs> and I don't understand why. I don't understand whether it's he's the only one thinking about this stuff or he's the only one they allow to. I'm not sure which is which, but uh, it know, can't I, be the it can't be the former. It has to be the latter. I feel like a lot of people yeah, are thinking they, about that stuff. That's what I think, yes, but yeah. Um, so here, here's my question, okay? And we're getting into some uh, 
some places where maybe we need to say parody, parody, satire before we begin this conversation. But so there were some rumors about Jeff Johns being, let's say, less than scrupulous with uh, certain folks. Is that a fair way to uh, express it? Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't even say you would go as far as to say there were allegations. It was it was even it was less than that, probably. There were whispers. Yeah. Okay. And well, I you know if it, if there were allegations, I would have been much more apt to totally say fuck this guy, he's a he's a scumbag, right? But there were whispers, and then around that time, we now know that supposedly uh, Zack Snyder had said, "I'm going to destroy Jeff Johns' reputation on the internet," which is like. Basically, I am going to become the Joker in real life, right? Like that is, that's that's exactly what it is. He just he made this claim apparently that he was going to destroy his life, and so Which was that a, was that also a rumor? Or has that been substantiated? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, regardless, do we think any of the John slander we've heard is just? from the Zack Snyder army? Because that's a, that's a crazy thing, if that's true. I don't think anything about any of, the, of it. I don't, <laughs> I don't think about it. I don't think about it. I think it, I, I think I it is all... Any, I don't want to make any assumptions or statements about it because I have no idea. That's probably the best way to be. <sighs> well, is there anything else to talk about in the John's world here? Um, as far as news goes, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, let's wrap up the week by talking about uh, a comic that is awesome. And that is the new champion of Shazam number two written by Josie Campbell, illustrated by Doc Shaner. And uh, Vince, I know you're a big fan of the art in this book. So why don't you start us off? Yeah. So the, the, the main draw here is the art, I, but I think it's just such a total package, this comic. Um, I think, again, we talked about this last time, but uh, Josie Campbell's showing some really mature and well-developed writing chops. There's there's a certain way that the art works together with the writing to, to really create something beyond just this coming-of-age uh, story like we've seen so many times in comics, I think. And specific, I'll mention a couple things specifically. Um, at the beginning of the issue, there's this recurring motif of the back of Mary's head, and you're seeing, you're seeing the world, you're seeing Mary face the world um, from behind. She's talking to the police detective, then she's walking back to her house that she had just left. Um, in the last issue to go off to college. And that was a huge step for her. And now in this, she's, she's feeling dejected. And that that's a, that's a recurring visual motif that's used. And then, so that's the first couple pages and then halfway through the issue. So, so several pages later, uh, when she's in the Shazam garb, once again, you see her from the same perspective taking on this lizard. And I think it's just really like, it's very subtle. Um, if you're not looking for 
things like that in your in your art you may not notice it but um it's just really smart the way that the perspective is done there to show a pretty common trope that like you know if you when you see the back of a character's head it means something right it means that you're um meant to be seeing things from their perspective in a manner of speaking or that something is happening to them in the world that is maybe bigger feels larger than they are you know and at the end that happens with like a giant lizard creature and in the beginning it's it's the predicament that she's in in her civilian life and i think that's just really smart uh, stuff from doc shaner and then there's some really smart writing later when she's back out of the shazam uh, garb and she's sitting on this bench and she's like she's she's off to the side she's down on the bottom right of the panel and and is intentionally looks small compared to everything else and then there's this sort of running internal monologue about how they lost billy and how her family's so different and how she's got this power foisted upon her and the you know campbell does a good job of not overwriting in other parts of the issue but then when this narration comes in it's not overwritten it's not too it's not too wordy but it's wordier than the rest of the comic intentionally so and the visuals really help to create that feel of where of her feeling overwhelmed at this time you know it's just it's little things. I'm not trying to make this sound like it's the most sophisticated, uh, amazing comic booking in the world, but it's things that we take for granted and that a lot of comics don't even bother doing, you know? Yeah. Um, a, a, a lot of comics, uh, this is not to degrade like the actual physical labor and work that, that other artists do, but so many of them are just drawing the thing, you know, and they are thinking about perspective in how to make things visually make sense, but not many monthly big two artists are thinking about how the visuals work to draw out the thematics of the writing. You know, sure. I don't think that's unfair to say, I don't think that's unfair to, to other artists work. I think, I think some people are, I think a fair number of people are just coming in and drawing the thing that they're supposed to draw to get the idea across. And then other artists are doing that and they're layering on top of that visual motifs that actually communicate more of a feeling to the reader. And I think that's why Shaner is an award-winning artist, right? Compared to some of the workmanlike efforts in, in, in the industry, you know? That's really well said. Well, thanks. I made it all up on the spot. <laughs> Zach, what'd you think of this issue? Uh, the art is good. I like the bunny. Mary's nice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <sighs> Mary's nice with it. Yep. That's, that's true. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's like what Werner Herzog would have said about this book. 
the art is nice. I like the mayor. I can't do a Werner Herzog. Like, I like I like the bunny is a very Werner Herzog. Thing <laughs> he just wanted uh, to meet Baby Yoda. Exactly. He yeah. did. He did. I am very concerned about the bunny. I hope I hope Hoppy can talk again. I'll be sad if he's just a normal bunny. Nothing against normal bunnies, but sure. Yeah, no, this book is good. I like it. It's I, I, uh, I, mm. I it's think good. Book, I think it's doing a really good job of following up on the stuff that John's introduced into the Shazam mythos with uh, the family sharing the powers. You know, the the extended family, not just Freddie and Mary. And I think it, you know, it also follows up a little bit on the Teen Titans Academy stuff, and it just—it's doing a nice job of synthesizing all of that into a a more streamlined title where Mary can sort of be Mary can be the epitome of Shazam right now, even if that's not something we've really seen before. You know, Mary has been a powered a powered person for many many years but this is the first time that mary's sort of in control and by taking billy off the table taking the powers of the other family members off the table it's allowing mary a chance to shine and you know i i will talk at length to anyone who will listen about the great jerry ordway power of shazam book from the 90s and there's a whole arc in that book where basically the reader is supposed to come to the conclusion that mary is the better captain marvel than billy is and so it's nice to see somebody finally playing off that again and giving Mary a chance to have, you know, her own stories yet again. Um, I was going to talk about Doc Shaner's art, but Vince did such a nice job. I don't want to clunk it up by by going deeper on into it. Uh, or, or I'm not going deeper, just restating the things that he said. But Doc Shaner's art is so, so good in this. I love the character design of that, like, lizard dragon thing. I think it's it's both scary and also kind of frumpy looking. It's just it's really, really well done. And yeah, this book is fantastic. And that's that's all I think I'd say about that about that for this week. So uh Vincey, what's coming out next week for us? Uh what's coming out next week? Batgirls number ten. Um Batman Hush number one, Batman Day. Is that just that's just a reprint? That's a reprint, yes. Okay. Batman Urban Legends nineteen, Batman versus Robin number one. Batman's Mystery Casebook, uh, Batman Day Special Edition, uh, Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League, Wonder Woman, Future State Gotham number 17, I Am Batman 13, Superman Son of Kal-El 15, Flash the Fastest Man Alive. Is that the movie tie-in? That is, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Jurassic League number five and Wonder Woman 791. Did you say Batman versus Robin number one? I did, sir. Okay, I didn't hear you say that one. That's the marquee one for next week, for sure. That's, yep, that's the only book we should read. Uh, we'll see about that. Well, uh, hang on. Batman versus Robin, number one. Let's just decide right now. Nah, I don't know. We don't have to. Yeah, let's not do that right now. That's the only good book, though. Anyway, if you have to, if you have to get in touch with us, you can uh, via Twitter. Two-thirds of us are there. I am on Twitter, at Brian Needs an App. And I am at The Woke of City. If you need to find Vince, he is, um, let's see, I am so tired. I'm struggling to come up with anything for Vince to do, but let's just say that Vince is uh, enjoying Doc Shaner's art. Wink. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. Exactly. Man, oh, man. You guys. You're the one who said Mary was nice with it. Zach said it. 
No, you said it first. I actually just said Mary is nice. You guys inserted with it. <laughs> we know what you meant, Colin. No, you don't know. Oh, man. Anyway. Unlike I, you guys, I actually respect women and all people, I do, actually. I, I do. I respect them the most. Yes, truly the most. You're right. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Tonight. I mean, once you've seen Night Owl fuck to a song, can you ever unsee it? Can you ever associate it with any other movie? Yeah, I mean, it's like Layla, right? Exactly. It's like Scorsese and Layla.